Good morning, everyone. Uh, just a word if you're, some people standing in the back, there's plenty of room in the church. I feel like we're spread out, so feel free to come sit if you want to. Okay, brief note, something I almost preached about today, almost decided to preach about, but I just want to mention in passing before we dive into uh, what God, I think, has for us today. Here in John 6, I hope again, every, every single Catholic should know John chapter 6. John 6 is the longest place in the New Testament that Jesus teaches about the Eucharist. He is abundantly clear about the Eucharist, and it's one of these moments where it would be hard to imagine how Jesus could have said more. All of us should know it. And it's very clear, we didn't hear it today, but a little further on, Jesus says, my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He's going to be very clear about this. But today, one line that is just so cool, and it's so worth praying with. Jesus says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. You should pray with this this week. In the Garden of Eden, there are two trees with names. Right? In the Garden of Eden, there is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which Adam and Eve eat from in disobedience. But the thing that we often meet is that in Genesis 2, there's another tree that has a name. And it's the very center of the garden. And that tree is the tree of life. In Genesis 3.22, Adam and Eve, when they're cast out of the garden, they're cast out lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever. In the New Testament, and for us as Christians, that is the tree of life. That's the tree of life. And the fruit of the tree of life, what we believe as Catholics, and all early Christians did, is that the Eucharist is the memorial of the death of Jesus Christ, right? We'll get to this a little bit today. When you come to Mass, you are at the crucifixion of the Son of God, mystically and sacramentally. The fruit of the tree of life is the Eucharist. Right? And Gen again, Genesis 3.22, if Adam and Eve had eaten of that tree, they would live forever. Today, Jesus tells us in John chapter 6, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The Eucharist is the fruit of the tree of life. Okay, homily, real homily, Start. One question today I want you to entertain. It's a question if you're a real Catholic, if you're a real Christian, if you are someone who really loves God, a question you cannot help but ask yourself is, Lord, what do you want from me? Lord, what do you want from me? When I was a kid, uh, my mom 
You know, I was like every other kid. I don't know if your guys' kids do this, but I bet they do. Every Sunday, my mom would wake us up and I would complain about going to Mass. Every Sunday. Do you guys do that today? No? <laughs> you know they're lying. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> These guys are really good kids. Anyway, I did that. Every Sunday I would say, Mom, I don't want to go to church. Oh, so boring. Do we have to go to church? And every Sunday my mom would say, Brian, God doesn't ask much for us. All he asks for is an hour a week. Maybe you say that to your kids. God doesn't ask for much of us. Just an hour a week, or if you go to Lord's, God only asks for an hour and a half a week. <laughs> Especially if Father Brian, I don't know what you guys feel when you see me walk down, if you're either like, oh great, I miss Father Brian, if you're like, all right, we're skipping lunch. <laughs> um, God, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? I want to look at that question today through our second reading. Our second reading, the, the last two lines of our second reading, very short, very simple, but packed with beauty and meaning. So in our second reading today, it ends with Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. So St. Paul says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Oftentimes when we think about what, what does God want from me? Jesus, what do you want? What is it you desire from my life, from my short span of days? What do you want, oh God? And I think it's easy for us to think, well, God wants a sacrifice. You made a sacrifice this morning. You got up, you got in the car, you drove over to Lourdes, and you gave of your time. Right? When I was a kid, just an hour. Brian, God doesn't ask much of us just an hour a week. What do you want from me, God? We can think of that as a, as a sacrifice. And we know, right, as we get older, God wants more than an hour. You know that. He wants more than, your, than just the time you give to Him on Sundays. And it's easy for us to start to see this as God wants some sort of sacrifice from my life. When I was going through my conversion, I began to think that God was like my two brothers growing up. Right? When, I, when you're a kid... Your brothers, it doesn't matter what they really want. Whatever, they, whatever you have and your favorite thing is, is what they want. Right? And I feel that way with God sometimes. Right? In college, I was like, Lord, I just want to be married to that girl. Hands off. We think that. Okay, well, God wants a sacrifice. He wants me to give up this thing in my life. He wants me to give up that thing that I'm attached to. Or he wants me to live a moral life. These are good things. 
Here's what Ephesians 5, 2 says, and hear it again. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Paul here uses really technical words, and I know it's Sunday morning. Hang in here with me. This is so cool. This is like, I've been praying all week with this, and I've been so excited to share this with you. Paul uses two Greek words that are, that are technical Greek words. So his first word he says today, he says, prosperum. So everybody say prosperum. And the other word is thusion. Thusion. Prosperum and thusion. What that means... Right, in this translation in Ephesians 5, 2, Paul is designating two types of offerings you bring to the temple. Prosperon is a harvest, it's a grain offering, it's something agricultural. So if you think of Cain and Abel, Abel, or I'm sorry, Cain offers, right, the grain. Prosperon. Right, a harvest from his crops. Thusion or thusia is a more normal word in the New Testament for a sacrifice, but thusia connotates a blood sacrifice. And so here in the New Testament in Ephesians 5 2, St. Paul wants to say, Christ loved us, he loved us, and he gave himself as a prosperon and a thusion to God. What do you want from me, O oh God? What is to be my sacrifice? Jesus becomes that in his life. But here's the thing, we all know this. The Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, and if you're a serious Christian, you know something's missing from that equation. When I was, when we did the capital campaign and we did the, the uh, kind of redoing of the church, the remodeling, my brother priest would make fun of me endlessly. Because like all Brian talks about is, is his building project. And it's like, hey Brian, what do you want to do tonight? And he's like, give to the capital campaign. Right? Make a sacrifice of love, a sacrificial offering. We need to raise $3 million still, right? I got endless grief. We all know if you play by the rules, you go to Mass on Sunday, you try not to commit the big sins, you even give a tithe to the church, those are all good things, but something's missing. King David says it this way. In Psalm 51, David says this. He says, Psalm 51, verse 16, You take no delight in sacrifice. Through Sion. Were I to give a burnt offering, prosperum, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart of God 
you will not despise. Our King David knew that God didn't just want him to bring a sacrifice to the temple. He wanted David to have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. The New Testament knows this. The New Testament loves to talk about this. In Hebrews chapter 10, the author, whoever wrote Hebrews, says this, Hebrews 10.5, When Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices, right, through Sion, and offerings, prosperum, you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you take no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. And here's what I want to get at today, brothers and sisters. There's a danger in the Christian life where we can say, God, I'll follow the rules. I'll offer my sacrifice. I won't live the way the world lives. I'll go to church. I'll give to the capital campaign. I'll tithe. But don't ask for my heart. And of course, the other danger, there's people out there who think, well, if I give God my heart, I don't have to do the other things. I don't have to go to Mass on Sundays. As long as I love God, why does he care? Today's second reading, and we're going to bring this into the Eucharist, the Eucharist, brothers and sisters, takes those two things and it perfectly unites and fulfills them. Ephesians 5.2, pray with us this week. Right? Ephesians 5.2, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. St. Augustine, you know I love St. Augustine. I've been reading some about him this week. And one of the things he says, he says, if you lived in the world, if you were just a normal human being and you weren't a Christian, you could follow the Ten Commandments. You're smart enough God wrote into your soul a conscience and a law, and you could follow that. But he says what makes you a Christian is that you have a love and a delight in your heart for God that can only come from him. Sacrifice and offering you desire not, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you took no delight. Then I said, Behold, O God, I come to do your will. We have to unite those things. In Jesus, we have to love them. We have to bring them together, brothers and sisters. This is what Jesus did on the cross. And today, what I want to tell you, when you come to Mass on Sundays, I hope... I hope this is the center of your entire life. This is everything. 
right? The center of our lives is that we give everything we have. When we love God, love leads to sacrifice. If you get love in the right place, if you know the love of Jesus Christ poured into your heart, you can offer a sacrifice. Not detached from your heart, not cold, not rigid, not mechanical. But one that says, here am I, O oh God, I come to do your will. This is, by the way, I know I've talked about this, but I want to keep hammering this home. The reason I made the decision six months ago or seven months ago that we would start doing Mass Ad Orientum facing east, what's meant to happen is in the Eucharist today, in John 6, Jesus today, if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever, and the bread I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. The moment the world was made new, there was finally a man, right? When Jesus became man, there was finally a man who offered the perfect sacrifice to God. And in the Eucharist, every Sunday, you and I are made present, right? The Eucharist makes us present to the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For Christ united sacrifice with perfect love and perfect obedience. And the reason that I decided that the priest would begin facing east is what that's supposed to say is that all of us are drawn into that one sacrifice. What do you want from me, O oh God? What is my sacrifice to be? Is it to offer the things I possess? Is it to live a moral life? Is it to have a pure mind? What is my sacrifice, O oh God? The Eucharist, brothers and sisters, what happens every Sunday is Jesus offers himself on the cross you and I are supposed to be drawn into that. In the Eucharist, in the communion of the body and blood, soul and divinity of the Son of God, you and I enter into the moment where all things were redeemed. Prosperon through Sion and my heart. That's what the Eucharist is. When you come to Mass on Sunday, what does God want from you? He wants everything. He wants absolutely everything. I want to leave you with this. In this same passage in Ephesians 5.2, it's a little tricky for translation. Paul makes, makes a reference to a fragrant sacrifice. And the phrase there in Greek is osmen euodias, a fragrant sacrifice. 
I don't know if you like incense. If you don't, go to another church. Um, no, just kidding. I don't really want you to. Please stay. But I love incense. And there's something about a fragrance that can take us places. Sometimes people will say, I smelled my mom's perfume and it just reminded me of my childhood. Or the smell of my grandparents' house had a particular smell to it. Today, Paul says that we are to be a fragrant odor, a pleasing odor, a fragrant sacrifice. That phrase that Paul uses today is used 40 times in the Pentateuch. 40 times. When you smell a beautiful fragrance, when I walk into a church and I smell beautiful incense, it takes me immediately to a place of prayer and awe and wonder. Paul today says, if you are united to Jesus in that one sacrifice, you become a fragrant odor before God. Jesus, today, Lord, may my life be united to yours in the Eucharist. Lord, I fall sometimes, I fall into going through the motions and just doing the things I know I'm supposed to do. But Lord, when you were crucified, you gave the perfect sacrifice of everything you are and everything you have. Lord, may the Eucharist today, Jesus, may you be my sacrifice. And may my life be united to yours, that I might become a pleasing odor before the Father.